Welcome to the Tennis with an Accent Bite Size podcast, one of our regular uh, weekly editions during the Australian Open. Just throwing a lot of uh, short form podcasts at you during the fortnight just to have a running conversation on all the tennis that's going on in Melbourne Park. And with me is Saqib Ali. Hi, Saqib. Hey, Matt. How are you? Doing okay. Yeah, we're day five. So what do you have in store today? What is the menu looking like? Yeah, well, I, there are three matches that jump out to me. Let's start with the men. Uh, you have uh, Grigor Dimitrov against Pablo Carreño Busta, uh, both major semifinalists in the past, guys who have been through uh, the, the the grind of the tour and, and know what to expect. It's just a matter of executing a game plan on a given day. So that's a very competitive, I rate it pretty much as a dead-even match. So that should be very interesting. And then uh, also... On the men's side, we have the Canadian battle, Denis Shapovalov against Felix Auger-Aliassime. So that should be a popcorn match, certainly with a lot of twists and turns. I don't think it's going to be straightforward. Uh, and there should be a lot of uh, delicious shot making on offer uh, from uh, the two Canadians. And then on the women's side, Ons Jabour against Naomi Osaka. Obviously, Osaka is the favorite there, but just as obviously, Jabour has the kind of game. She has the weapons. Uh, she has the talent, the ball striking ability to make that a contest. So three very interesting matches as we get into the third round, the round of 32, uh, the caliber of confrontations uh, increases. Saka, what uh, are you looking at in the third round slate for day five? I mean, the same matches that you mentioned, so no point in repeating. Uh, definitely have this uh, Russian player, Aslan Karatsev. If I'm saying his name right, he's again another guy who qualified and made a lot of noise last year on the Challenger Tour. Probably made even before that, but got my attention when he beat Ernest Gulbis on four different occasions. Three times on the Challenger Tour and once on the, I think, Nur Sultan main draw. So another guy to watch out for. I think I, I'm very interested how he matches up against the informed Diego Schwartzman. I'm not predicting any upset, but this is a match uh, I think can go four. Uh, but uh, it'll be more immature on my part because I've seen him just in some live streams, but he definitely has the results, this guy. Uh, he, I don't know if he packs a punch. I'll leave it to uh, the experts who follow the Challenger Tour, but yeah, he's done enough. He's put on enough miles. He's done enough yardage to, to get here. So I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he does take a set, but I think that's how far it gets. Uh, he's another guy I think the listeners should be aware of, probably already are. So I'll throw it back to you. I mean, uh, if you were to break down the Canadian matchup, uh, Dennis has definitely come a long way. He's almost below the second tier of players. That's uh, Sitsipas, Zverev. You may even include him there. So how do you see that matchup now with the maturing of Shapovalov and Oji Alassim still remains a work in progress, but a steady one who's reached, I think, seven career finals in the ATP Tour. Yeah, I think just the fact that uh, Shapovalov has been in the second week of majors, he's, he's made a, a little bit more of an imprint uh, at bigger tournaments than, than Felix has. And, I, and you know, Mert Ertunga said on our Australian Open preview show that the players with more experience are going to be better served in these, you know, unique circumstances. And, of course, Chapo is not, you know, a 10-year veteran of the tour, not even like a six- or seven-year veteran. But his level of experience in second weeks of majors, playing at, at an elevated level of competition, more high-stakes matches, it's a little bit more advanced than than where Felix is, and and I it's hard for me to shake the notion that that uh, is going to become important at a hinge point in the match. Maybe late in the fourth set, 
maybe in a fifth set that uh, Shapo is going to find the, the resources he needs to carry him through. And I, and I look at uh, what Shapo did against Sinner in the first round. That match was not going in his favor, but like a veteran, he waited it out. He, he survived the, the patches when Sinner was playing especially well. He bided his time and waited for his moment, pounced, and he steered that match back in his direction. That's a very mature veteran-type win from Chapo, and I think that he's going to build on that. Uh, and, of course, he had the, the smooth second rounder against Tomich, so he's not too overextended. Um, I think he has just the right balance of, you know, he got a test in the first round, smooth sailing in the second round. I think it just he'll be ready to answer the moments uh, against Felix. Yeah, and uh, I think you, 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 I think, said the most important thing there. I think as the, as the maturation part happens for all these players at different pace, I think... It, the days that you are not firing on all cylinders and you still find a way to win, I think that's I think speaks volume in any sport. And I think Shapovalov is showing that you know the the Plan B, Plan C that Mert and Andrew and you everybody's been talking about his his maturing is is, is happening on our eyes and it'll be it'll be a good contest. But I, I think I'm I'm with you. I think it's Shapo's match to lose. Felix is still I think. Uh, not there yet. I wouldn't be surprised if the result goes the other way, but I think Chapo is a strong favorite. So, Ans Jabor, I mean, this is another player who's made a lot of uh, strides in the last year and a half, and you mentioned her matches with, the, with Naomi Osaka as one of your marquee matchups. Explain why uh, we should be interested in that match if someone is really catching up on the action. Well, if you recall the U.S. Open, Sakib, uh, we had Jennifer Brady playing Osaka in the semifinals, and there was a reasonable school of thought which said that Brady was just going to get blown out because she was new to the occasion, and Osaka had been there before, done that. But Brady played, you know, exceptionally good tennis, and it brings up the point that, you know, if you're in form and you trust yourself, so what if you haven't been through the battles many times before. So what if you haven't played a major semifinal before? And I realize this is a third round match, not a semifinal, but Jabur is a player who has the level of talent, um, w- which you know belongs at or near the very top tier of the women's tour. Um, I- injuries have not been a friend of hers. Uh, you know, she's gone through some things that, you know, have not related specifically to the tennis itself. Um, and so, Jabor just is one of those players, you know, she, she makes the cut in terms of, you know, does she have the game to rise to the top of the tour? Yes. Not all players are like that. Not all players seated or ranked in the top 30, 35 uh, can meet that description, but she does. I mean, she can fire off both wings. I mean, she, she does not take a back seat to very many players in terms of her power. So when I recall that, you know, Jen Brady and her, well-rounded game was able to go stroke for stroke with Osaka uh, last year at the U S open. Jabor is capable of of doing the same thing. Now I think Osaka wins this match, but Jabor is a player who can legitimately threaten her. So let's uh, arrive at the Dimitrov Corinio Busta uh, match that you mentioned. I was just looking at the statistics. Uh, Dimitrov has been on our radar since for how long, you know, from baby fed to, you know, whatever, his current status is, you know, from the lost generation that Andrew Burton keeps calling uh, the players who haven't really, you know, gotten their time under the sun. But he has made three semis and two quarters in majors at a very high level. And again, a lot was expected of him. If you look at PCB, 
he's had a similar resume and when it's fair to say you know the expectations were never as high he was not even the best spaniard after nadal you know it was always i think between him and rba uh so how do you measure these two guys up i mean in terms of you know what is there at stake of course the clear answer is a berth into the second week but how their careers have shaped up so if you want to compare the two uh you know th- their journey so far very similar records in slams i mean as far as their best uh, the skyline is they both have made three and two semis is pretty close not to to choose from and karina busta has made both semis of the us open that's a surprising fact so far away i mean if you were to break this match up down and who even this 50-50 which way are you leaning i'm going to lean toward uh, karina busta and i i would say that only because um he his taste of high level success is a little bit more recent than dimitrov's it's interesting that uh dimitrov made the uh, us open semis in 2019 and Karenyo did it in 2020 so the like they they've succeeded each other you know they've stacked stacked together uh some of the more unexpected semifinal appearances in recent US Open men's history but so but Karenyo's taste of success has been more recent and the and, you know the other thing is and, and you know obviously this is speculative but you know Dimitrov did come down with covid and so one wonders if he gets into a lung busting uh 4 hour match if he will have the same uh endurance that Carreño does i think that just Carreño's stamina is a, to be trusted slightly more um you know Dimitrov became very physically fit uh i i think it was i think he beat Mackie McDonald i could be wrong in a very long french open match a few years ago but i wonder if covid changes the equation uh for dimitrov in a negative way i just i if if this match is as close as i think it's going to be and it probably gets into a late fourth set or a fifth set i just think carreño is going to have more mileage uh and he's going to be the steadier player whose shots won't break down as much in the face of fatigue yeah i think very well said because uh you know the after effects of the virus again as we as a society we continue to learn more about it so yeah dimitrov going in a in a battle of attrition physicality yeah that's that's going to be key here and uh, yeah i think uh, you 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 do make a good point there that karina busta should be given an edge but again if it's dimitrov firing at all cylinders it could also be a force at dimitrov win so we we'll tune into these matches matt before we wrap this up this daily edition which we've been doing any other match i mean you want to throw in after the three marky matchups Does a Schwantek Ferro match uh, bring any excitement as far as you know covering or writing about it? Absolutely, the fact that Fiona Ferro um, beat uh, Elena Rabakina, uh, who was one of those dark horse floater type players, uh, that certainly gets my attention. So if you can beat Rabakina, you can you can beat Schwantek as well. So that definitely is an intriguing match. I think the other thing I just like to point out, Zakib, uh, looking at the women's draw in general, not so much day five, but uh in the uh, uh top half of the draw the, the bardi half you know you've seen kenen and uh, azarenka already knocked out of that half of the draw and so in uh kenen's quarter you have the possibility if if they win their third round matches uh, and they're in their you know their day 6 not day 5 but nevertheless just think it's worth pointing out uh, akaya kanepi jennifer brady round of 16 match if they get past uh their next tests uh, uh kanepi 
uh, plays uh, Vekic and uh, Jennifer Brady is going against Juvan, I believe. Um, if they get past those third rounders, that that could be a great fourth round match, and it could very realistically produce the finalist from the top half of the draw. Uh, you know, a lot of people throughout the tennis industry love the developments that Jennifer Brady has made to her game. We saw them at the U.S. Open, and then Kaya Kanepi. You know, some people think that she is as fit as she's ever been at age 35. And if you have a fit Kaya Kanepi, well, that is a fearsome tennis player and someone who can do a lot of damage, maybe make her first major semifinal, maybe even go beyond that. So I'm looking at Brady and Kanepi uh, in the top half of the women's draw. Uh, they're both one win away from what would be a, a very special fourth round match in Melbourne. Yeah, definitely for Kai Kanepi, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a long time coming if she does, you know, have a breakthrough major. You know, she's uh, played the spoiler many times, uh, you know, always a strong presence in the draw. And now let's see if she can make that step, at, you know, at, at, her, at this stage of her career. So I think we have enough uh, for today's show, unless you would like to add something else. I think we can promise you back uh, again tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's call it a wrap. <laughs>